0: thankful for the presence of the Lord anybody thankful for the manifest presence of the Lord I just want to extend hope to somebody because when Jesus walks in the room there's nothing but hope and I want to remind you of one of the superstars of the word of God the apostle Peter Jesus came to him and said, you will deny me. And he said, not a chance. He said, no, for real, for real. You're going to deny me. And you're going to do it three times. He said, Peter, the devil has asked for you. Just like he asked me for Job. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith faileth not. Watch what he says. And when you're restored, in other words, buddy, you're going to fall. But I've already built that into the equation of my will for your life. And I didn't just factor in the fall. I factored in the restoration. I factored in the reconciliation. I factored in the fact that. Yes, you fell, but I'm going to catch you. When you are restored, go and encourage your brethren. You know what Jesus just told him? Satan asked to shake you, and I told him he could. But then I prayed for you. He didn't tell Satan he couldn't shake him. He said, Satan, you shake him, and whatever's left, I'm going to come and restore. And whatever I find and whatever shape I find him in, it'll still be enough for me to do everything I was going to do through him to begin with. You need to understand the revelation layers of grace that are being emitted in that verse and in that story and in those scriptures. Jesus said, you're going to fall, and I'm going to catch you. And whatever I find, whatever's left, I can still resurrect, and I can do everything I ever intended to do. It is not diluted. It is not diminished. And I'm here to tell somebody, you may find yourself as the apostle did. Remember what he did. He did exactly what Jesus said he fell." He made the mistake he said he would never make. And he runs out into the wilderness and weeps. He quits and goes back to his prior and former occupation, giving up on every hope or dream of ministry. He goes back to what is familiar and back to what he knows, which is fishing. And Jesus finds him in a dilapidated, broken state where he completely quit. And Jesus said, if you'll listen to me, there's still enough in you when partnered with what I'm about to release over you for you to be everything I ever told you you would be. In less than 50 days, from the moment he thought his ministry and life and anointing was completely over, The apostle Peter becomes the keynote speaker, book of Acts chapter 2, and it's he that says the famous lines of Acts 2 and 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was he that was able to stand in exactly the position Jesus intended for him to be in all along so the mess up and the mistake did not disqualify him from his destiny and I need you to claim the same thing for your life because you feel shaken and you feel like there's nothing left and Jesus is telling you if you'll just partner with my grace I can still do everything through you that I ever intended to do tell your neighbor your destiny is not diminished it's still on time it's still on schedule and god is just recalculating you you're still going to arrive at your destiny if you believe that can you clap your hands all over this house thank you jesus you can make your way back to your seat if you would so very kindly we're going to transition into the second wave of this service Nothing is over. Nothing has stopped. You ride waves in the supernatural. That's what you do, just like a surfer. One wave comes in, you ride it, you get back out there, you wait for the next one. That's how we do stuff in kingdom culture. Amen? And I'm ready to hear the word of the Lord. From a mighty man of God that we're very honored to have amongst us today and his lovely wife. We love brother and sister Hudson very much. Make them feel welcome if you would right now. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. But you can go ahead and clap. Maya Angelou was a brilliant woman. And she once very famously said, People often will not remember exactly what you said, right? I had three speakers at my wedding 20 years ago. And I can't tell you a thing any of them said to us. Not one thing. I can tell you a few of the titles of my pastor, Brother Scoggins, his messages. I can't quote them. I can't give you scripture references. But here's one thing I promise you I will never forget. Is the way Pastor Scoggins made me feel when I was around him. And that's what Michelangelo said. They're not, not going to remember everything that you said. not going to be able to quote every sentence that you ever uttered to them. but here's what they will never forget: the way they felt in your presence, the way they felt when you spoke to them and how you treated them. That is an emotional memory, disconnected from the data. That's an emotional, spiritual, soul memory. And when you see that person, those feelings come back. You feel safe again. You feel loved again. You feel heard again. You feel connected again when you see those people that made you feel that special. Kingdom leaders make people feel connected to hope. You feel hope when you're around them. You feel joy when you're around them. And when you're in their home, you feel peace, the peace that passes understanding. You feel shalom. You feel it in the home of a godly couple, a godly person. And when I was a teenager, 14 years of age, I was a troubled youth. I was a 90s kid. And it pains me that for Halloween this year, you could dress up as a 90s kid. What is that, Brother Hudson? If not a slap in the face, I don't know what that is. We've lived that long to become a Halloween costume. Help us, Jesus. But at a young age, very jaded, very troubled, trying recreational drugs, many other things already at that age, I, find, I found myself in the living room of Pastor Phil Hudson in Denton, Texas. And as a 14-year-old boy who was having a very bad night that night emotionally, Brother Hudson let me sit in his living room and he talked to me and I felt a flicker of hope, which was a really big deal for me at that point in my life. And he sat there for hours and spent time hanging out with me, talking to me about gunfighters because I love me some gunfighters. We talked about Billy the Kid. We talked about the legend of Brushy Bill Roberts. We talked about the Lincoln County Regulators, John Tunstall, we talked about the O.K. Corral and Wyatt Earp, Bat Masterson. We talked about Doc Holliday. I remember it vividly, you know why? Because a kingdom leader was connecting me to hope through conversation about history because God's in the details and the divine is in the details. And so he made me feel heard. He made me feel connected to hope. And I will never forget, as long as I live, that afternoon hanging out with a new friend, Pastor Phil Hudson. And many years later, as I am now 41, it is my pleasure to be able to introduce to you pastor phil hudson who is coming now to minister the word to us can you make him feel honored and welcome pastor hudson we love you come preach we honor you highly sir praise the name of the lord
1: praise god everybody Woo! do you feel the presence of the lord in this place i'm so thankful that i do I'm so thankful that I do. Thank you, Brother Dyer, and we love and appreciate you and your family. This church family means a great deal to all of us. I'm so grateful to spend this time with you today. I brought my lovely wife with me today. and uh, Somebody asked me, said, how are y'all doing? I said, well, we're doing good. They said, are are you ever afraid your wife will ever leave you? I said, no. They said, why why aren't you afraid? I said, because I'm going to go with her. Doesn't matter. Wherever she goes, that's where I'm going. I'm going with her. Heavens, can't leave me. I don't want the Lord to leave me. I want to be in his presence, just like we are right here, right now. It was in the wee hours of the morning that I was praying for this service today. I won't keep you standing but for a moment. And I said, Lord, would you allow me for a moment if you could pull back the veil and let me see what to expect in your house today. This was at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I saw people coming down just like they did moments ago. Coming down to this altar, no preaching, just coming down because they're hungry. And the Bible said, blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, we're not going to shift gears real hard today. It's not going to be like climbing a hill on an 18-wheeler. We're just going to take up where we left off moments ago, if that's all right with you. Our pastor, Brother Jones, Spent the last several hours in the upper room of Jerusalem praying for the outcome of this service. How many people can say that on this Sunday that your pastor stood in the upper room of Jerusalem praying for the outcome and the outpouring of God's Spirit in this service? Not many. Hebrews chapter 12, we give honor to our First Lady. Sister Jones, we love and appreciate you very much. As a matter of fact, I'm going to Matthew chapter 13. I'm sorry. Sister Jones, we love and appreciate you. The epitome of excitement, worship, caring, loving, cherishing the people of God. You are all those things. We admonish you. Go ahead, clap your hands. That's your first lady. That's all right. We love and appreciate you. Mean the world to us. I'm sorry, I derailed everybody at the back. Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 58. Scripture says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he was speaking in parables to the people, he departed thence. He was coming to his own country. Everybody say, own country. I guess you caught that. He taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Which hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? In other words, just some common individual in our community are you following me thus far and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters are they not all with us which then had this man all these things and they were offended in him you know I thought the age of offense just recently began I thought the dispensation of of offense dawned upon us, our generation. It's obvious to me that the age of offense dawned in the time of Jesus Christ, not in our day. They were offended in Jesus. Did you hear what I said? But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save, of course, in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The Lord of glory, God, robed in the flesh, who spoke the worlds and the constellations in order, could not do any great miracles in his own hometown Because of the unbelief and the doubt among his own peers. So let me ask you this question. How really hung up are we on what other people think about us? Do you think about it very much? Do you weigh what people think about you? Do you sit around concerned about what your friends at the office think about you and what your your family thinks about you and what your peers think about you, insomuch that you become paralyzed spiritually to where you're unable to do hardly one thing that God would have you to do, even here, even now in this service. We're gonna pray. I'll have a little dissertation Then we'll put up the title of the message, if you don't mind, in just a moment. Would you bow your heads and pray? Lord, we love you, but Lord, we seek after you. This is not just a a person standing before others giving a, a spiritual lecture. Lord, this is the word of God. This is the very sovereign aspect by which we shall be loved and judged. I need your help, God. I ask that you would be merciful among us and let your love overshadow us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to operate, Brother Derek, in the flow of the Holy Ghost. If you can just stay with me for a minute. Don't you love Brother Craddock? Isn't he something? That Latin song you did at the first of the service, Heavenly Days, was the most exciting thing I ever saw in my life. It was wonderful. You're amazing. I I, I wanna I, I just want to ask a couple of questions today. I'd like to know if you're ambitious enough, if you have enough faith just for the next few moments to go somewhere with me that maybe you have not been in a very long time. Now I'm well traveled, I've traveled the world and And I've stood in the upper room, just as your pastor has today. It was one of the most exciting times of our life. And uh, I've, I've circumnavigated the globe. However, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right here than right now in this sanctuary because I have a hope and an expectation of what God's about to do in this place if we'll just trust him. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'll trust. I'll trust. I'll put a little faith in it. Okay, I want to treat you to go with me to a place that you may have never been before. It may be exotic, new, and indifferent to you for the next few moments, but I'm asking you to, I'm tugging on your heartstrings for a little bit of faith. It's a place where others have been that's changed their lives forever. Now, if you haven't had a life-changing experience, and you're stuck with the old life that you brought in here today, then you might want to take note because you may have the opportunity to have a life-changing experience before you leave this house today. It's not some exotic faraway tourist destination. It's not tagged to the seven wonders of the ancient world or to this world. But it's a place that once you've been there, it's unforgettable, undeniable, and you will never, by the law, ever be the same again once you go to this place. You had no idea you were going to do something today you may have never done. Hey, man, smile at me and make, make sure I'm okay. It's okay. I, I'm not going to keep you but a few minutes. I'm short-winded. Anybody this big is short-winded. Amen. That's one thing you can count on whenever big people get up and preach. They're not gonna preach very long. You know why? They can't. They can't. They'll die. Some go on vacation to relieve stress. Some go on vacation to find comfort. Some go on vacation to reconnect. But I believe there's a place where we can go without ever leaving this building that will bring more comfort. Bring more peace. Allow us to be at liberty like never before. I'm a man on a mission today, and I won't stay long because my mission is clear. I'm going to deliver what God has given me to deliver. Then I know that if there's any faith in this house, there are going to be people who will go with me. Amen? Where I'd like for you to go with me is to a place simply called this, a place where nothing else matters. A place where nothing else matters. You know, when we're young, we're hung up on what everybody thinks. We're young about what that boy thinks. We're hung up on what that girl thinks. We're hung up on what our peers think. When we're old, eh, not so much. You know why? Glad you asked. Thank you. When you get older, you realize it's not so much about what other people think as much as it is about what God thinks. I... I am so thankful that one day I'm gonna stand before Jesus Christ, the lover of my soul, the one that showed me mercy when I deserved judgment. He's gonna be the one that I'll stand before. It won't be my brother-in-law, thank God. Won't be my sister-in-law, triple thank you Jesus. It won't be a family member. It won't be that old boss on my job Bless his heart, real hard. Not a heart attack, but just kind of scare him a little bit. It's not gonna be those people we stand before. It's gonna be Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Somebody ought to smile, man, because most of us, when we deserve judgment, he was the only one who gave us mercy. The world don't show much mercy, but Jesus Christ. He said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Woo! He's the only one that ever believed in me fully. He's the only one that ever bought into me fully. He's the only one that ever gave me a first, second, third, fourth, fifth chance. How many chances do your lenders give you? I forgot when I said there there might be a banker here. How hard are we we on other people? I'm just pulling that veil back just an inch or two at a time. The scripture says to come to Jesus because salvation is at hand. Peace is at hand. Deliverance. Somebody needs to thank God for that one. (laughs) Healing is at hand. Hope is at hand. Joy is at hand. That's why it's good to come to God. You won't find that everywhere else you go now I'm going to talk about a few little scenarios and finish okay are you all ready huh yeah, I got three smiles out of that oh, might have you back preacher when you reach this place I'm talking about today the place where nothing else matters There'll be signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance, power, joy, change, unction, anointing, the overflow when you get to the place where nothing, no one matters but Jesus. Woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. It's been all she had. Didn't get one bit better, got worse. She heard Jesus was coming. I can't help but believe there's somebody here in the service today that you're here because you hope the Lord would be here. You hope that the Spirit of God would walk down these aisles. You hope that God would speak to you. You hope that God would give you a word. I'd just like to ask here today if there's anybody here that you've been seeking the Lord for a word, would you stand? That's good. That's good. Anybody else? I'll give you a minute. You're asking God for a word. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm going to give you a word today. I said I brought a word with me. When we will come to the place, recognize it, act upon it, and respond to it, like the woman with the issue of blood, we will not only be healed, but we will be made whole. What did she do, Sister Jones, that was so novel? She humbled herself to the place that it didn't matter what she had to do to get to where Jesus was. You know, sometimes we want to be cute. Sometimes we want to just make sure our hair is just right. We got a right pair of heels. I'm talking to the girls. I had to stop there a minute and fix that, didn't I? Want the right pair of heels, want our hair just did just right. Did we have our nails done? Because we're going to be up there praising the Lord. Huh? Some of us guys, you know, you didn't, you, you, didn't, uh, you didn't iron that suit before you came. So you're not sure you want to go up there today or not. I'm going to wait till I have time to run iron over that suit. Not really, but I mean, you know, it's good to think that men would think that. When we get to the place, Brother Steve, let me tell you this. When we get to the place that people don't matter, the music doesn't matter. The youth group doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's singing. It doesn't matter whether there's even a song going on. Like it was just a few moments ago, it didn't matter whether we were through with that part of the service or just beginning another, transitioning to another area of the service. When we get to where we're willing to get up and come to an altar, regardless of who's in the, who's in the pulpit preaching, and say, okay, I'm like the woman with the issue of blood I'm coming you shall be healed you shall be made whole your situation will be made whole so my God what are you waiting on boy I did not fly by y'all didn't Did you not hear what I said? When we are willing to get up, get out, do whatever it takes to receive what we need from God, we shall receive it. When it don't matter what anybody thinks, doesn't matter what the next song is, doesn't matter who's preaching. Doesn't matter what's going on. Come on, somebody. But the prophet says you got to dip seven times in the muddiest river in the land. And you say, okay, I'll do whatever it takes to be whole. Get on in the muddy river. When you say, I can't see Jesus. Well, then you gotta climb a little bit higher, Zacchaeus. Come on, somebody climb in the spirit with me. Somebody clap your hands with me. Somebody rejoice with me. Somebody needs to get a backbone like Joshua and say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got some stuff going on in your house right now Come on, Mom and Dad. Somebody needs to be down here saying what Joshua said. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You got some junk going on right now. you need to put it in its place. You don't care what anybody thinks. Church, I want you to see what faith looks like. This is what faith in the modern church looks like we don't preach to a fevered pitch and get everybody so excited and wound up tight that they start moving out in the Holy Ghost. They just start obeying the word of the Lord and following by example. Can somebody say amen? Somebody close your eyes. This is a word for you. Job said, though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. Somebody needs to trust one more time. You're at the threshold of giving up. You're at the brink of quitting. You're, you wanted to quit before you got here today. You need to trust one more time. This is your service. I said, this is your service. This is your service. Trust one more time. This is your service. Blind Bartimaeus lifted his voice unto Jesus. Do you know everywhere in Scripture people began to lift their voice toward Jesus? There was a miracle. Did you hear what I just said? I said when people lifted their voice above the crowd to Jesus, there was a miracle. Not one time, every time. How long has it been since you just said with a loud voice, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. How long has it been? Maybe that's all the Lord is waiting on. Jesus, acknowledge him. Come on, acknowledge him. Blind Bartimaeus acknowledged the Lord. Bartimaeus was so taken by the presence of Jesus walking by, that the Bible said that when the Lord beckoned for him to come, he cast away his beggar's garment. In other words, he threw down his sign that said, we'll work for food. I don't guess you see that anymore. He cast aside his infirmity that had become his identity in so much that he is referred to as blind Bartimaeus everywhere in scripture so his infirmity had become his identity the blind son of Timaeus interpreted blind Bartimaeus casting aside his beggar's garment this is where it gets a little tricky some of us are used to or have become accustomed to holding on to the very thing that keeps us exiled from the presence of God. You don't have to beg God for anything. The Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Nowhere in Scripture says do you have to beg God. Come on now. Bartimaeus came to the Lord, laid aside his identity in humanity and rose up in the spirit and said, Jesus, I'll trust you.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Northgate Pentecostal. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube and you can watch the video of the message you just listened to. God bless y'all.